Section 13 of Selections from the Works of Sir Thomas Brown. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. Letter to a Friend In the years of his childhood he had languished under the disease of his country, the Ricketts, after which, notwithstanding, many have become strong and active men, but whether any have attained unto very great years, the disease is scarce so old as to afford good observation whether the children of the english plantations be subject unto the same infirmity may be worth the observing whether lameness and halting do still increase among the inhabitants of rovigno and istria i know not yet scarce twenty years ago m de loire observed that a third part of that people halted but too certain it is that the rickets increaseth among us the smallpox grows more pernicious than the great the king's purse knows that the king's evil grows more common court and agues have become no strangers in ireland or common and mortal in england and though the ancients gave that disease very good words Yet now that bell makes no strange sound, which rings out for the effects thereof. Profebre catana raro sonat campana. Some think there were few consumptions in the old world when men lived much upon milk, and that the ancient inhabitants of this island were less troubled with coughs when they went naked and slept in caves and woods than men now in chambers and feather beds. Plato will tell us that there was no such disease as catarrh in Homer's time, and that it was but new in Greece in his age. Polydor Virgil delivereth that pleurisies were rare in England, who lived but in the days of Henry the Eighth. Some will allow no diseases to be new, others think that many old ones are ceased, and that such which are esteemed new will have but their time. However, the mercy of God hath scattered the great heap of diseases, and not loaded any one country with all. Some may be new in one country, which have been old in another. New discoveries of the earth discover new diseases, for, besides the common swarm, there are endemial and local infirmities proper unto certain regions, which in the whole earth make no small number and if asia africa and america should bring in their list pandora's box would swell and there must be a strange pathology most men expected to find a consumed kell empty and bladder-like guts livid and marbled lungs and a withered pericardium in this sex-sucker's corpse but some seemed too much to wonder that two lobes of his lungs adhered unto his side, for the like I had often found in bodies of no suspected consumptions or difficulty of respiration, and the same more often happeneth in men than other animals, and some think in women than in men. But the most remarkable I have met with was in a man after a cough of almost fifty years, in whom all the lobes adhered unto the pleura, and each lobe unto another, who, having also been much troubled with the gout, break the rule of Cardan, 
and died of stone in the bladder. Footnote. Cardan, in his encomium podigrae, reckoneth this among the donor podigrae, that they are delivered thereby from the physis and stone in the bladder. Aristotle makes a query why some animals cough as man, and some not as oxen. If coughing be taken as it consisteth of a natural and voluntary motion, including expectoration and spitting out, it may be as proper unto man as bleeding at the nose. Otherwise we find that Vegetius and rural writers have not left so many medicines in vain against the coughs of cattle, and men who perish by coughs die the deaths of sheep, cats, and lions. And though birds have no midriff, yet we meet with divers' remedies in Arianus against the coughs of hawks. And though it might be thought that all animals who have lungs do cough, yet in cetaceous fishes, who have large and strong lungs, the same is not observed, nor yet in oviparous quadrupeds, and in the greatest thereof, the crocodile, although we read much of their tears, we find nothing of that motion. From the thoughts of sleep, when the soul was conceived nearest unto divinity, the ancients erected an art of divination, wherein, while they too widely expatiated in loose and inconsequent conjectures, Hippocrates wisely considered dreams as they presaged alterations in the body. Footnote Hippocrates de Insomnies and so afforded hints towards the preservation of health and prevention of diseases, and therein was so serious as to advise alteration of diet, exercise, sweating, bathing, and vomiting, and also so religious as to order prayers and supplications unto respective deities, and in good dreams unto Sol, Jupiter Celestis, Jupiter Opulentus, Minerva, Mercurius, and Apollo, in bad unto Tellus and the heroes. And therefore I could not but take notice how his female friends were irrationally curious so strictly to examine his dreams, and in this low state to hope for the phantasms of health. He was now past the healthful dreams of the sun, moon, and stars in their clarity and proper courses, T'was too late to dream of flying, of limpid fountains, smooth waters, white vestments, and fruitful green trees, which are the visions of healthful sleeps, and at a good distance from the grave. And they were also too deeply dejected that he should dream of his dead friends, inconsequently divining that he would not be long from them. For strange it was not that he should sometimes dream of the dead whose thoughts run always upon death. Beside, to dream of the dead so they appear not in dark habits and take nothing away from us, in Hippocrates his sense was of good signification. For we live by the dead, and everything is or must be so before it becomes our nourishment. And Cardan, who dreamed that he discoursed with his dead father in the moon, made thereof no mortal interpretation, and even to dream that we are dead was no condemnable phantasm in old Onara criticism, as having a signification of liberty, acuity from cares, exemption and freedom from troubles unknown unto the dead. 
some dreams i confess may admit of easy and feminine exposition he who dreamed that he could not see his right shoulder might easily fear to lose the sight of his right eye he that before a journey dreamed that his feet were cut off had a plain warning not to undertake his intended journey but why to dream of lettuce should presage some ensuing disease why to eat figs should signify foolish talk why to eat eggs great trouble and to dream of blindness should be so highly commended according to the anarchocritical verses of astramsychus and nicephorus i shall leave unto your divination he was willing to quit the world alone and altogether leaving no earnest behind him for corruption or aftergrave having small content in that common satisfaction to survive or live in another but amply satisfied that his disease should die with himself nor revive in a posterity to puzzle physic and make sad mementos of their parent hereditary leprosy awakes not sometimes before forty the gout and stone often later but consumptive and tabard roots sprout more early and at the fairest make seventeen years of our life doubtful before that age footnote tabes maxime contingur abano decimo octavo et tragesimum quintum hippocrates they that enter the world with original diseases as well as sin have not only common mortality but sick traductions to destroy them make commonly short courses and live not at length but in figures so that a sound caesarean nativity footnote a sound child cut out of the body of the mother may outlast a natural birth and a knife may sometimes make way for a more lasting fruit than a midwife which makes so few infants now able to endure the old test of the river footnote natos ad flumina primum deferimus savoque gelo duramos et undis and many to have feeble children who scarce had been married at sparta and those provident states who studied strong and healthful generations which happened but contingently in mere pecuniary matches or marriages made by the candle wherein notwithstanding there is little redress to be hoped from an astrologer or a lawyer and a good discerning physician were likely to prove the most successful counsellor truly a scaliger who in a sleepless fit of the gout could make two hundred verses in a night would have but five plain words upon his tomb footnote julii caesaris scaligeri quod fuit see joseph scaliger in vita patris and this serious person though no minor wit left the poetry of his epitaph unto others either unwilling to commend himself or to be judged by a distich and perhaps considering how unhappy great poets have been in versifying their own epitaphs wherein petrarca dante and ariosto have so unhappily failed that if their tombs should outlast their works posterity would find so little of apollo on them as to mistake them for ciceronian poets in this deliberate and creeping progress under the grave he was somewhat too young and of too noble a mind to fall upon that stupid symptom 
observable in divers persons near their journey's end, and which may be reckoned among the mortal symptoms of their last disease, that is, to become more narrow-minded, miserable, and tenacious, unready to part with anything when they are ready to part with all, and afraid to want when they have no time to spend. Meanwhile, physicians who know that many are mad but in a single depraved imagination, and one prevalent dissipiency, and that beside and out of such single deliriums a man may meet with sober actions and good sense in Bedlam, cannot but smile to see the heirs and concerned relations gratulating themselves on the sober departure of their friends, and though they behold such mad, covetous passages, content to think they die in good understanding and in their sober senses. Avarice, which is not only infidelity, but idolatry, either from covetous progeny or questory education, had no root in his breast, who made good works the expression of his faith, and was big with the desires unto public and lasting charities. And surely, where good wishes and charitable intentions exceed abilities, the oracle beneficiency may be more than a dream. They build not castles in the air who would build churches on earth, and though they leave no such structures here, may lay good foundations in heaven. In brief, his life and death were such that I could not blame them who wished the like, and almost to have been himself, almost, I say, for though we may wish the prosperous appurtenances of others, or to be another in his happy accidents, yet so intrinsical is every man unto himself, that some doubt may be made whether any would exchange his being, or substantially become another man. He had wisely seen the world at home and abroad, and thereby observed under what variety men are deluded in the pursuit of that which is not here to be found. And though he had no opinion of reputed felicities below, and apprehended men widely out in the estimate of such happiness, yet his sober contempt of the world wrought no democratism or cynicism, no laughing or snarling at it, as well understanding there are not felicities in this world to satisfy a serious mind, and therefore to soften the stream of our lives we are fain to take in the reputed contentions of this world, to unite with the crowd in their beatitudes, and to make ourselves happy by consortion, opinion, or coexistimation, or strictly to separate from received and customary felicities, and to confine unto the rigour of realities, were to contract the consolation of our beings unto two uncomfortable circumscriptions. Not to fear death, nor desire it, footnote, summum nec metuas diem nec optes, was short of his resolution. To be dissolved in me with Christ was his dying ditty. He conceived his thread long, in no long course of years, and when he had scarce outlived the second life of Lazarus, footnote, who upon some accounts and tradition is said to have lived thirty years after he was raised by our Saviour, Baronius, esteeming it enough to approach the years of his Saviour, who so ordered his own human state as not to be old upon earth. 
but to be content with death may be better than to desire it a miserable life may make us wish for death but a virtuous one to rest in it which is the advantage of those resolved christians who looking on death not only as the sting but the period and end of sin the horizon and isthmus between this life and a better and the death of this world but as nativity of another do contentedly submit unto the common necessity and envy not enoch or elias not to be content with life is the unsatisfactory state of those which destroy themselves footnote in the speech of Wultius in Lucan, animating his soldiers in a great struggle to kill one another, De canite letum et metus omnis abest, cupias quadcunque necesse est. All fear is over, do but resolve to die, and make your desires meet necessity. Vasalia, book 4, verse 486. State of those which destroy themselves, who, being afraid to live, run blindly upon their own death which no man fears by experience and the stoics had a notable doctrine to take away the fear thereof that is in such extremities to desire that which is not to be avoided and wish what might be feared and so made evils voluntary and to suit with their own desires which took off the terror of them but the ancient martyrs were not encouraged by such fallacies who though they feared not death were afraid to be their own executioners and therefore thought it more wisdom to crucify their lusts than their bodies to circumcise than stab their hearts and to mortify than kill themselves his willingness to leave this world about that age when most men think they may best enjoy it though paradoxical unto worldly is was not strange unto mine who have so often observed that many though old off stick fast unto the world and seem to be drawn like cacus's oxen backward with great struggling and reluctancy unto the grave the long habit of living makes mere men more hardly depart with life and all to be nothing but what is to come to live at the rate of the old world and some could scarce remember themselves young may afford no better digested death than a more moderate period many would have thought it unhappiness to have had their lot in life in some notable conjunctures of ages past but the uncertainty of future times hath tempted few to make a part in ages to come and surely he that hath taken the true altitude of things and rightly calculated the degenerate state of this age is not like to envy those that shall live in the next much less three or four hundred years hence when no man can comfortably imagine what face this world will carry and therefore since every age makes a step into the end of all things and the scripture affords so hard a character of the last times quiet minds will be content with their generations and rather bless ages past than be ambitious of those to come though age had set no seal upon his face yet a dim eye might clearly discover fifty in his actions and therefore since wisdom is the grey hair and an unspotted life old age although his years came short 
he might have been said to have held up with longer livers and to have been solomon's old man footnote wisdom chapter four and surely if we deduct all those days of our life which we might wish unlived and which abate the comfort of those we now live if we reckon up only those days which god hath accepted of our lives a life of good years will hardly be a span long the son in this sense may outlive the father and none be climacterically old he that early arriveth under the parts and prudence of age is happily old without the uncomfortable attendance of it and tis superfluous to live under grey hairs when in a precocious temper we anticipate the virtues of them in brief he cannot be accounted young who outliveth the old man he that hath early arrived unto the measure of a perfect stature in christ hath already fulfilled the prime and longest intention of his being and one day lived after the perfect rule of piety is to be preferred before sinning immortality end of section thirteen